1: It's Sunday, and you know what that means. And this is the Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC.
2: Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you.
3: Hi, this is Dick I'm Morris, the stuck in the Dick Morris Show with- Doug DePiro with me. Hello, Dick Morris. And we're sponsored by the Patriot Gold Group. You
4: know what's funny, Dick?
3: What? Right before the show went on, yeah. your your commercial
4: came on, yeah. right? right? And you weren't speaking. I was like, What well, he's telepathically yeah, right. putting this commercial.
3: <laughs> so, um it's called a tape recorder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that what it's called? Yeah. Uh, the uh, <laughs> there are two new things about this show today. First, just for today. We're broadcasting to you from Buenos Aires, Argentina. Oh, my God. I'm working in a presidential campaign. And uh, Doug Depiro has been struggling with the Internet cord and Ethernet cord and the on-off button. And oh, my God. I,
4: yesterday, yesterday, I came into the con- conference room, then our room, in another room, and tried to plug it in. The IT guys weren't here. So I finally got it together. It took me really three and a half hours, four hours. And then later on, I met with Dick. We were going to go to dinner. I go, wait, I'm stressing out. This thing might not work. The machine might not work. And Dick said...
3: So we linked hands (laughs) in a ritual incarnation. I do believe in the machine. I believe I in do my believe machine. In the machine. I believe I in my believe machine. I do believe in the machine. That
4: was like from Blast from the Past. Yeah. Leave my elevator alone. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it was actually from Peter Pan. I do believe in Tinkerbell. Anyway, <laughs> whether it's and we Tinkerbell didn't touch hands. or it Doug so in the machine, it, it actually worked. So that's The sad. other thing that's unique about this broadcast that hopefully is just the first, uh, I have been... Uh, bumped up for two, to do two hours every weekend, every day on Sunday, and I'm going to be on today from noon until 2. So uh, yay, bravo, and whoopee, and that's <laughs> yay, twice whoopee. as much, it also means that I've got to come up with twice the number of songs. Oh my goodness, I'm going to call you Mr. Whoopee. So to start with that, let's talk about the horrible, horrible events in the Middle East. And let's recall the song by Pat Boone that animated so many people. This
5: land is mine, God gave this land
2: to me, this brave, this ancient land to me, and
3: Remember those days of innocence when Israel was the, was the, was the uh, Jewish state and uh, came right after the Holocaust, and the idea was that this would be a homeland for Jews where they would not be killed and would not be gassed. And then the terrorists started Hamas and Hezbollah, dedicated to terrorizing them. and uh, Friggin' animals. Then along came Joe Biden, and started wallpapering Hamas with money and Hezbollah <laughs> wallpapering. and uh, and Iran. Uh, they agreed just recently to pay $6 billion, to unfreeze assets of $6 billion that uh, Iran had in the United States, all of which is going to go to Hezbollah. What
4: and, do you think the reason being? And,
3: and the the rockets that are hitting Israel right now and the bombs that are destroying school buses and and uh, youth, sh- youth shelters are paid for by you, the American taxpayer. And uh, <laughs> Trump embargoed that money, kept it frozen in the United States, said, you're not getting your hands on it. And Biden lifted it and said, nope, be my guest. And as a result, they had an endless amount of money for these attacks.
4: But what's his upswing on it? What's the reason for him to do that? What- he
3: is so mired. Well, first of all, you got to realize that the Democratic Party is becoming the the Palestinian Party. Uh, the uh, about four percent of the vote in the United States is Muslim now, and they the, the Democrats carry it five and six to one. Of course, and that's and there are three congressmen who are dedicated to the destruction of Israel, who are themselves Palestinians. Oh, the, the
4: whatever they call the uh, yeah. What do they call those women? Four to four women the squad squad, right thank you
3: Kevin and the uh, and there so there's that he wants to appease them but then there's the other factor which is that he is focused on the idea that the main achievement of his presidency will be to restart the peace accords between Israel and the Arab countries and to do that he wants to go ahead and and normalize relations with Iran sign a deal where iran will continue to claim it's not going to develop nuclear weapons even though it will yeah and the deal expires in like two years at which point they will mass produce the nuclear weapons and he's just he shares the delusion that the left and the state departments and the foreign policy establishment has had from the very very beginning But let me just go back to there to the fundamental fact that the State Department, the diplomats in the United States, have always been anti-Israel and basically anti-Semitic. They opposed the establishment of Israel. They begged Harry Truman not to recognize Israel after the UN set up the mandate. And they did everything they could to stop Israel from coming into existence. And at the time, they were led by George Marshall, who was Secretary of State, Succeeded by Dean Acheson, who became Secretary of State in the 40s. And these folks are definitely anti Zionist, anti Israel. And I believe to a great extent were also anti Semitic. And they took a look at the oil reserves of the Arab world. And they saw that Israel didn't offer anything to them except desert sand. And they said, The hell with this, we're going to go with the Arabs. And then that was multiplied over the years by all kinds of profitable deals that the State Department establishment had with the Arab community. And as it descended more and more into violence and more and more into terrorism, uh, they just dug in and they kept saying, we need a strategy of appeasement. And uh, just as Jews took the brunt of the appeasement strategy when the Brits tried it in the 1930s, uh, so Israel is now taking the brunt of it when the foreign policy establishment is doing it now. And uh, it, is, it is evil, it is wrong, and it ultimately countenances the most unbelievable kind of mayhem. Uh, let's go to uh, Sandra in New Jersey. Hi, Sandra. Hi, Sandra.
6: Congratulations on two hours, very well deserved. Good. And um, I hope you call year. twice.
4: <laughs> that means you could call twice, Sandra. Yeah.
6: <laughs> oh, you're so funny. I don't know. But anyway, you know, last night you said something. But first I wanted to say Trump could eliminate Hamas like he did ISIS. But Absolutely. we don't have time to wait. But we, we have to do this sooner. But you said last night something I, I wanted to understand better. You said we have two obligations, one to help our ally Israel, well, of course. But the second you said the president indicated he would give money to get back our hostages. I thought that's not the way to do it, but what do you, yeah. you know I Well it's understand. horrible. The
3: whole deal here for the six billion six billion dollars is for hostages. And there's an endless supply of possible hostages. Hamas just have to corner some Israeli on the street yeah, corner right. and put him in a van. And if at a billion dollars apiece that that's work that pays pretty good. Very anti-Ronald Reagan. I think the United States needs to say, and Israel needs to say, we will not pay for hostages, right. period. You can take as many as you like, but we're not going to pay to get them back. And we have to do that. Otherwise, their strategy is basically going to be the human shield. And unless we put a stop to it, it's going to put a stop to oh, us. By the
4: way, with the human shield, that's disgusting that they did that. They put a lot of people in, you know, kids and as human shields, so Israel wouldn't uh, retaliate, did they, yesterday?
3: Uh, well, Israel attacked, but we're not clear it was retaliation. But, yeah, I mean, what do they expect them to do, sit there and do nothing? Well, there, 600 the their people are killed. People, it's shields. unbelievable. Oh, and children. Uh, and, and the new wrinkle here is that they have a open access to money, uh, Hamas does, because of Joe Biden. Because of the diplomats in the State Department who do not value Israel, are basically anti-Semitic, could care less if Israel survives, and are also influenced by the new left, the progressive left, that hates Israel and really believes that the Arabs are right. And that influence is holding back uh, the, the strong policy that Israel needs to do to be able to deal with this.
4: So on the Biden side, it's just about
3: votes, well, you know. And no, what the, it's the not, ant- I think it's about prestige. I think he wants a Nobel Peace Prize for settling the Middle East, and uh, and he's determined to show that he's relevant, that hmm. he's still president, he can do stuff. But all absurd and terrible motivations, given what's happening here. Let's go to Sal in Staten Island. Hi, Sal. Hi, hey, Sal.
7: Hey. Dickarino, Carino, first of all, going to hit the <laughs> negative, then we'll end on positive. Good. God rest the souls of 600 innocent men, women, and children who were murdered. And may God thrust into hell the evil that perpetrated this. That's only the number six, now,
4: 600?
3: Yeah.
7: That's what I heard on your radio. Uh, yeah. yeah. Marconi. And uh, here's the kicker. Only the evilest of the evil from the pit of hell where they belong would attack on a high holy day. And I'm sure that the $100 billion of uh, weapons of mass destruction that brainless Biden left behind, 13 of my brother and sister American Marines dead, God rest their souls, from Afghanistan, I'm sure some of those weapons were involved. The bottom line is Israel has to stand, America and the rest of the free world have to stand with Israel and bring an end to this horror. And also I want to say on a positive note, Happy Columbus Day. Columbus was not a slave. He wanted to bring the love of Christ to the New <laughs> yeah. World from the old. Good, and One other did. thing, I was able to help finally get some vouchers for American veterans, guys. I had Great. To go in the wheelchair with the and I had to go with the wheelchair with the dog pulling me to New Jersey to get the vouchers when the illegal aliens were getting them, courtesy of idiot Morar Mayor Adams and mm. Hochul. God
4: Captain
3: bless you, King. Sal. Good work, God here, Sal. God bless you. So. um... When we come back, we're going to talk about the hope that I think that I have at the moment for uh, for success in this election. And it has been revivified by Robert F. Kennedy, Jr. And we'll talk about that when we come back.
0: This This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it
1: it's Sunday, and you know what that means. And this is The Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC.
2: Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with
3: you. The Dick Morris Show, now two hours every Sunday, noon until 2 Eastern. And I'm here with Doug Depiro and Hi, this is sponsored, as before, by the Patriot Gold Group. <clears throat> there is a, a mortal threat out there to Joe Biden, and I do mean mortal. I mean in-game. I mean guaranteed Trump victory, which is Robert Kennedy Jr. getting into this race as an independent. Now, the Democrats are busy trying to talk their way out of it, saying that, oh, Kennedy will take as many votes away from Trump as from Biden, and he's just a crank, he's just, uh, you know, a, a vac- an anti-vaxxer and not worthy of serious consideration, but don't believe it. The fact of the matter is that he is a very serious candidate who has whose polling shows that he can destroy the Biden candidacy overnight. The last polling by McLaughlin & Associates... In a three-way race of Biden against Trump against Kennedy, had Kennedy at 15% of the vote. And while that's not enough to scare Biden, he was getting 60% of the Democratic vote. It does mean that he has enough power to be able to stop Biden from winning. The, the polling shows that in a three-way race, somewhere between 6 and 9% of the voters would go with Kennedy. And that by two to one, these voters have previously would have gone for Biden, not for Trump. and uh, Biden and th- this just completely eats the base of the Biden campaign. It's hollowing out the Biden campaign and uh, and, and leaving just just a an empty mass there. And uh, the point is that Kennedy is running. Uh, on a host of issues that are very important and very good, and they stand in sharp contrast to Joe Biden. Uh, Kennedy is raising hell about vaccinations. He's saying that when we approved the COVID vaccine, it was a temporary emergency approval, and there were only 27 people in the test that found that it did not have injurious side effects. And the fact is that the rate of side effects is twice that of any other vaccine. Uh, he says that this was necessary when we first came out with the vaccine because we had to catch up with the epidemic and save millions of lives, which it did. And thank you, President Trump, for expediting it. Absolutely. But, but now that we have time and we can do something before the next wave hits uh, over the winter, uh, we should have a sophisticated clinical trial Of hundreds or thousands of people. The problem with the clinical trials they did before this vaccine was approved is that you can't rush somebody to get COVID. (laughs) You need to find Uh. out if if somebody has COVID, if they can be cured. That's the point of the vaccine. And you can't simulate that in a lab. You need a live human being to get sick with a live virus and get cured to be able to establish that the thing works. And with the vaccine that... Existed for about four weeks before it was actually put into trials. That's almost impossible to do. So, and you don't and you can't have a large enough sample of, you know, a hundred thousand Americans of whom a few thousand are going to get COVID, because there just isn't time to organize it. Right. There is now, and we need to proceed with that. And the reason we haven't in the past is in part that Pfizer, that makes the vaccine, is a major contributor to Biden and was in cahoots with Biden in deciding not to release the news of this vaccine until a week after Election Day in 2020. And uh, they absolutely can't be trusted on this. So that's a good point that Kennedy makes. He also talks about the duopoly between the two parties that (laughs) is a monopoly, but a two-headed monopoly. And he uh, talks about the importance of, uh, of, of not having future wars, and uh, and getting away from the military-industrial complex and the role that it plays in generating wars and sustaining them, and finding excuses when there's no war, like in Ukraine, for involving the United States. This so, has a lot to do with your fusion idea. So, uh, Yeah, exactly, and I think that, that Kennedy is articulating this stuff really well, and I think he's going to draw a very significant vote of Democrats who... Are not going to vote for Trump, but may well vote for Kennedy, and they basically don't want Biden back. And this is a this is an, a, a politically acceptable way of doing it. And I think that you're going to see that Kennedy gets a large vote share. I don't think he's going to get up to, get up to Ross Perot, who got 19 percent of the vote, but I do believe he's going to get up and get up into the high single digits, and. Almost all of those votes are going to come right off of Biden. So Trump right now in most of the polling is slightly over 50%, 51 or 52%. Uh, but to win this race convincingly and to win it so the Democrats can't steal it, uh, he needs to move that up higher. And the way to do that is not so much to raise his vote share, but to lower the denominator and basically say that that we're going to have these votes that are going to go for Kennedy, and therefore to get 50%, you don't need 50%, you need 47%, Mm. because because Kennedy is going to take 10 or 12 points of the vote away from the equation. And I think Kennedy is perfectly situated to do that. And the amazing thing to me is that the Democrats have done everything they possibly could to to destroy the Kennedy candidacy as opposed to showering him with love and affection and attention, which is what they ought to do. They have changed the rules time and again. And just recently, Kennedy was up campaigning in New Hampshire where he was doing pretty well in the polls. And the Democrats came back and said, nope, New Hampshire can no longer be the first state in the list of primaries. South Carolina is going to be first. And the New Hampshire legislature went apoplectic and said, no way, we're going to be first. And they passed a law saying that the primary in New Hampshire would be a week earlier than the primary in South Carolina. Remember the King and I where Yule Brenner has to have his head higher than anybody's? (laughs) No, I don't remember that. And the subjects have to get deep on the ground so their head isn't higher than the King's. Well, that's what we're doing here about making sure that no state is before... Uh, New Hampshire. Uh, It was before South Carolina, which is what the Democrats want. And then when the North Carolina legislature said, no, we're just going to go ahead and have the first primary, and Kennedy was campaigning in New Hampshire, the Democratic Party sent a message to Kennedy saying, even if you win, Dale gets to New Hampshire, we will not allow them to be seated at the convention. We will not allow them to vote for you. Excuse Uh, me,
4: excuse me. And there aren't Democrats out there that are saying, wait, this is wrong. You can't do this. Yeah, but
3: this is controlled by the Democratic National Committee. That's its own creature, its own rules, its own power. And uh, they're foisting this. They're trying to do this to drive Kennedy out of the race. But it's backfiring. What they're doing is driving Kennedy out of the race into a third candidacy, which is just going to destroy Biden. Because for him to hold Trump to under 50% of the vote he's going to have to get himself close to 50 percent and he can't get anyways near that so uh i think that that the kennedy people that the biden people are realizing this is not just a two-way race and that in fact there's a new kid in town
4: and they're shooting just themselves a in the foot
3: Now, I think highly of everybody that works for WABC Radio, and I think they're all great people, and I think it's a great lineup, except <laughs> he hired Anthony Weiner, the congressman who, in, after sexually harassing teenagers he, uh, with with, uh, with messages, he then took all of the documents that Hillary was trying to hide and put them on his own laptop, and then didn't turn it over to the feds. And then finally when the feds realized that's what he was doing, they looked at it and they saw all of Hillary's emails there. But Anthony Weiner has raised his ugly head to say that Trump deserves blame for what's going on with Israel. And how he does that, I don't know. It's not worth the price of admission to listen to his show. I invite him to call in right now and explain this convoluted logic to me but it's part of what the left always does. They blame Israel. They blame, uh, they blame the people that are trying to do justice and trying to take, steer the right path. And they instinctively come out against them. And it's outrageous to say that that is somehow Israel's fault. Let's go to Daniel in the Bronx. Thank you. I'm stunned with what is happening in Israel. And my heart is with the Israeli people. And they should sure attack Israel. I mean, I'm sorry, they should attack Gaza, Um, but I'm concerned that Israel also has great enemies like Iran, and they need to be militarily strong to fight uh, Iran and so on.
6: And I'm concerned, number one, that the Biden administration is going to look for an excuse to reduce military aid to Israel
3: And number two, I'm concerned that fighting Gaza is going to deplete much of Israel's ammunition supply. Those are both serious concerns. And, of course, DeSantis, who is trying to take the nomination away from Trump, says we should start reducing aid to Israel Hmm. and that we shouldn't give Israel more money than we give any other of the Arab states. Um, I hadn't realized when I took your call, Daniel, that... uh, that Chris called in to talk about Anthony Weiner. And I was hoping that Chris could tell me what Weiner says is why he's blaming Trump for the invasion. Chris of Israel. from Long Island. So can we go back to Chris from Long Island?
5: Yes. <clears throat> Vic, thanks for taking my call. So I crazily was listening to Anthony Weiner yesterday because I wanted to see, hear his reaction to this whole uh, attack on Israel. So, what did he say? Cra-
4: Crazily. Like,
5: crazily. So, like an idiot, I'm listening to him, and he he goes, "You can people, you can call in, and if you want to blame Biden for this, or you want to blame Trump for this, I, I'll listen to both sides." So that got me going. I call up the show. I go, Anthony, you mentioned if we wanted to blame Trump for this, and I said he's been out of office for three years. What possibly has he had to do with this? Seriously, you have to explain this to me. What did he say? So, he go- He goes and he starts rambling about how Trump plays golf with the Saudis. He's in with that live golf, okay? So he's in bed with the Saudis. He's never checked the Saudis, and he enables them. He's an enabler of the Saudis. The Saudis, in turn, fund Hamas, and, you know, they give money there. So he goes, Trump is like all the other presidents we've had. And he goes, and I'm not saying that uh, Obama was much better or Biden's better, but Trump is just as bad. He's in bed with the Saudis. He yeah. plays golf with them.
3: The fact that's that he what plays means. golf, you don't, you don't play golf in bed. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and the guy's full of crap. And the fact that he's uh, playing golf with Saudi's masks, the fact that he's done more to protect Israel than any right. president ever. So when we come back, we're going to talk about the speaker's race in the House, not a race, it's the speaker's standoff, and what we can do to break it. And I'm going to talk about the guy who I think should be House Speaker, his name is Newt Gingrich.
1: Yes. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. And this is The Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC.
2: Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I-
3: this is Dick Morris, Dick Morris Show with Doug DePiro sponsored by the Patriot Gold Group. You know, every once in a while in politics, every generation, there comes transcendent figures who reshape our politics in fundamental ways, and one such figure is Newt Gingrich. He's great. Now, as you recall, I did everything I could to oppose Newt Gingrich when I was running Bill Clinton's campaign and blamed him for the government shutdown and uh, he was the enemy. We would have pictures of him on the wall and throw darts at it. Stop it. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> well, I never hear him. I'm, my aim is terrible. Yeah, I <laughs> but um, but I, I love Newt Gingrich. I think that he's creative. He's brilliant. He has perspectives that are so appropriate. And he's, he's got so a great soul. At it. Great soul. And, yeah, and he's so experienced at this that he really is a person you can turn to. And I think that in the House Speaker race, uh, the most successful Speaker of the House that we've ever had on the Republican side was Newt. He pioneered the contract with America, most of which Clinton accepted and is now law. He pioneered the idea, for example, that there would have to be rotating committee chairmen. You couldn't have one guy who was the committee chairman for a hundred years. You had to have elected committee chairman. You couldn't just do it based on seniority. What, every two or four years? Yeah. And and he, he just pioneered a host of things that reduced the power of the speaker, increased the power of the members, but at the same time kept control of the House and was able to represent all wings of the Republican Party. So I don't know if Newton wants to be speaker. I'm not sure anyone would ever want to be speaker. But uh, if he does, uh, I think he would be a splen- splendid, splendid choice, if it be God's will.
2: From this broken hill, all your praises they shall ring,
1: if it be your will
9: to let me
3: I had cancer in the last couple of years, five years ago, six years ago. As I was going into the MRI tube and stuff, I would sing that song. It became kind of my, my mantra, and I just love it. It's a Leonard Cohen song. And that's appropriate for Newt, too, that song. But I think that Newt would be a superb speaker, and I think that the fact that he's not currently in contention and not head of a current faction, I think makes that very sensible. Being a speaker involves two roles. You have to be the public spokesman articulating positions and sticking to them. And you have to be a legislative leader appeasing and satisfying the people who put you there, the uh, the, the voters of the party who got you elected. And uh, Nude is just superb at that. Uh, and he does it really because he believes that the way to do this is not to try to sit quiet and adjust every grievance, but to have a sense of momentum and accomplishment that keeps people in line and keeps people moving forward. I always say that it's like riding a bicycle. Uh, If you're trying to balance on a bike when it's standing still, it's almost impossible. If you're trying to balance on a bike when it's just creeping along at walking speed, it's very hard. But if you get on a bike and you're able to get it up to 10 or 15 miles an hour, you can maintain your balance pretty easily. How about 110? Well, I'm talking about a regular bike, oh, not, okay. not, a, not a motorcycle. Not a motorcycle. And it's really uh, hard to topple it. A dog can jump on you and won't push you over. Right. Because the forward momentum gives you the sense of balance. Right. And that's, I think, the key to being able to run a legislative chamber. And I think Newt, said, Newt showed that he can do that. And I think he's a compromised candidate who would really work. Uh, He also is very good at articulating positions that are broadly acceptable, break new ground, and articulate new approaches to our politics. And we really need that. We need somebody of his depth and of his political skill. Uh, And he's proven himself. He sure has. And the fact that he had that he lost the speakership, well, I don't know if you've been to any rodeos lately, but <laughs> there's nobody who sits on top of the bull for more than the three seconds he's supposed to do. <laughs> wow. And if he makes it to four seconds, he gets a middle. Uh, nobody's going to be able to ride that particular bull for more than a few days or weeks. And, uh, and Gingrich has managed over almost a 10-year period to be a very effective speaker to articulate a really important rationale for the Republican Party. He's a strong supporter of Trump, and I think he'd be great. Now, some people have talked about Donald Trump being speaker, and uh, I've advised him not to do that. I told him this is like walking into a meat grinder. <laughs> I said that there's a reason why no legislative leader in American history has ever been elected president. Uh, many have tried, but none have succeeded.
4: Really? None? none. Zero?
3: And the reason is that it's a meat grinder. It's very hard to stay there and to get public support. You have to cave into one side or the other side. You have to split the difference. You have to compromise, and you have to make nobody happy. (laughs) And the important point is that you need 218 votes to do it, and the Democrats don't give you any. So you have to do it entirely with Republicans. So you have to take positions that appeal to 98% of your vote and that's very hard to do yeah. and even if it's possible you get opportunists like Matt Gates who will come along and try to make life miserable for you just because they can and because it's a way of getting visibility and becoming well known.
10: What,
4: what's
3: the story with him? I mean I like that guy but what do you exactly do? He's, he's a totally ambitious guy. When McCarthy cut the deal with the Democrats to keep the government open mm-hmm. And uh, and but did not insist on budget cuts that Republicans needed. Uh, he said there was a sellout, and he said we had to get rid of McCarthy as speaker. But he didn't stop to count. You need 218 votes, and there's no way that he could have gotten that with the position that he was pushing. He probably could have gotten 20 or 30 votes, and that's it. So with no political reality, no sense of what you need to do, He comes out of nowhere and condemns McCarthy and throws stink bombs at him uh, when he really was doing the only thing you possibly can to still be successful. That's terrible. Um,
4: And I like the guy. Now, Rick from
3: Elmwood Park has some other thoughts about Anthony Weiner I'd love to hear. Hey, Rick. Hi, Rick.
5: Hey, how's it going? Good. I've been having a little debate with Anthony Weiner the last three weeks about global warming. Mm
2: -hmm. And because
5: I support fossil fuels, Anthony said... I supported the Saudis, which you I didn't think, yeah. get the chance to you know, talk back because he hung up on me. But yeah. anyway, I support American oil, yeah. not Saudi oil.
3: Yeah. Well, look, the, the key thing here is that the United States has decreased its dependence on fossil fuels more than any other country in the world. And the slack has entirely been taken up by China. Uh, 10 years ago, or 15 years ago, China produced, uh, China was, used up 20% of the world's fossil fuels. Now it's using 40% of the world's fossil fuels. And back 15 or 20 years ago, the United States uh, had about 10 or about 20% of its oil coming from, of its energy coming from renewable sources, largely nuclear and hydro now it's up to about 40 or 45 so the u.s and china have completely reversed roles china is leading the charge for fossil fuels and the u.s is leading them more than any other country for renewable resources but for a guy like weiner that doesn't make any difference he just worships at the altar of no fossil fuels and it's an easy position to take Particularly when you don't know much about what you're talking about, like when it doesn't. Right. And uh, and you you just you're advocating something that's impossible, and what is possible is the amazing stuff that we've achieved under Trump, because it turned out that the way to get away from fossil fuels was not to get windmills and solar energy and all of that. It was to get uh, it, it was to burn natural sure. gas. And natural gas is clean. not pure. It's clean, though. No, it's not completely clean. It, it has about half of the carbon emissions so. that coal does. Mm-hmm. So the purists said, nope, that's a fossil fuel. Uh, it has carbon emissions. We won't use it. We won't count it. Uh, if you want to switch away from fossil fuels, you've got to put up windmills and solar panels, uh, which are mainly made in China. Kill eagles. and And, uh, and, and a lot of people... Uh, led by Trump, countered and said, no, we can do this with natural gas. It's cheaper, it's more acceptable as so an alternative, and it's a long-term thing. And we, and have, we have the en- resources. We have endless amounts of it. Yeah. And then after we use the time that natural gas gives us, we can use that to develop renewable resources. Right. And that's the right strategy. And I that just is wa- precisely what Trump is doing and, and U.S. was doing until Biden stopped them. And I'm going to say this. You
4: can mark my words because a lot of people are going to disagree. These electric cars are not going to last. They're going to be gone in 10 years, maybe a little more. It's not going to happen. Okay.
3: Yeah. The electric cars are going to go the way of the Junk. Junk. Exactly.
4: Absolutely. Ford's Edsel. That was his son's name. Yeah. Right.
3: And they brought this out, and this monstrosity was supposed to be really a good seller. Yeah, sure. And nobody went along with it. Um, it's, uh, it's supposed that, suppose they gave a war and nobody came. (laughs) Right. So, uh, but I do believe that the, that Wiener's position on this is totally wrong. Now, my old friend, Hillary Clinton.
4: She loves you.
3: Yeah. She said the other day that people that are MAGA supporters are brainwashed and that they have to be deprogrammed professionally. To get over their addiction To Trump policies This is the Dick Morris Show with Doug DePiro Sponsored by the Patriot Gold Group So stick around
1: This is 77 WABC, And this is the Dick Morris Show Presented by the Patriot Gold Group
2: Clowns to the left of me Jokers to the right Here I am Stuck
3: in the middle I believe in the machine The Dick Morris Show with Doug DePiro Sponsored by Patriot Gold well, we've been operating from Buenos Aires this whole show, and our machine that Doug assembled and <laughs> moved down here and strokes every night Ooh, has come through for us. I so believe in my I believe machine. In I, believe I believe in the machine. I believe, I believe in the machine. I believe <laughs> in the machine. We've got to chant it. We've
4: got to get a million people to chant it all yeah, at the same that's time. Right. That's right.
3: But Pamela from New Jersey disagrees with me about Newt, so let's have it, Pamela. Hi, Pam.
9: Yeah, uh, thank you for letting me uh, express my views. I've been listening uh, intensely to everything for the last three years. I mean, more so than I want to. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And um, I've listened to Newt Gingrich. He's been coming in on everything. And I find him uh, derisive and very uh, inclined to go towards the rhino point of view. And um, I liked a lot of the things, the Freedom Caucus, and I understand what you're saying. They needed the votes and everything, but I think we needed a catalyst. We needed, When things are going real bad, and believe me, I'm a cancel teacher, so I know about going up against mm-hmm. tough people. When things are going real bad, sometimes you got to think out of the box, and that's kind of what my lawyers and all told me. I think out of the box, and I like that the Freedom Caucus kind of stirs the pot. And that gets people going and thinking. I don't like the status quo. That's what got us into this trouble in the first place.
2: Yep.
3: Well, uh, I certainly would support John Jordan over uh, Jim Jordan over um, over Scalise or the other candidates that are being discussed. But the one thing that neither of them have is the ability to be a national spokesman and have their voice heard over the din and direct the group that are Republicans in the proper direction. And uh, I think Newt was inspiring in that capacity. And while it is true that when you're speaker for a while, you end up, and, end up disagreeing with a lot of people you should, that should support you, but that's why nobody's ever gone for higher office from the speakership, uh, because it, it's an almost impossible thing to do. Wait, I like that your little mistake there, John Jordan. Yeah, right. That was pretty good. Hi, John. Uh, but thanks for your comment. Let's go to uh, Russ in White Plains. Hey, Russ.
11: Oh, hi, Dick. Uh, I'd like to know what you thought about Bowman and the fire alarm, but really, wouldn't wouldn't you think Jim Jordan would be better for Trump than McCarthy? And I want to be sure, are you saying that... Gavin yes, M-
3: absolutely. Yes, yeah. I do. Much but- better. And Trump is endorsing Jim Jordan. I'm just saying that if Jordan can't get the votes, rather and if there's a new deadlock that Newt Gingrich could step in and be a very effective speaker, mm. either for a short term or for a long term. But of the candidates who are now running, Jim Jordan, who's really been pioneering a lot of the investigations we need, I think would be a fabulous choice.
11: Dick, can I ask you also, Gates's ambition to be Florida governor, is that what you were saying he was guilty of? Because it seems to me that no. he's also guilty of retribution because McCarthy let Pelosi... Take advantage of him with that nothing scandal and the ethics investigation. And who are you saying
3: the, wants to be Florida governor? Yeah.
11: Yeah. And peg-leg to peg-leg dick. You know, Wiener went to Brooklyn <laughs> Tech, and what can you expect from him? You know what I mean? <laughs> no, but who wanted
4: to be Florida governor?
11: Gates. Oh, Gates.
4: Oh, Gates. Oh, yeah, right, right. Right, right.
3: He is He is just a turkey. He will say anything he needs to say to win, and uh, and I just think he'd be— I think, he'd be t- I think it's ridiculous to think of him as a legislative leader. He I can't get 10 people behind him. I
4: really him. like that guy. Not anymore.
3: Yeah. Well, he can't get 10 people behind him. And no. He doesn't understand the importance of doing that. Now, Elaine and Wayne has been calling me several times about smart meters, electric right. meters. And it's a cause that I really believe in, and I'd like to give her a chance to talk about it. Hi, here. Elaine. Hi, yes, Elaine. Yes,
6: thank you for taking my calls. I read somewhere that China is the leading country in the smart meter market, and we are Mm -hmm. following in the footsteps of China because they Mm -hmm. have mass surveillance there. And the smart meters, they cause wasted electricity and health-damaging transients by the improper placement and use of a switch mode power supply within the utility meter. There should Mm -hmm. never be a switch mode power supply at the head end of a wiring circuit of my house. Wait, switch mode meeting,
4: they'll, they'll shut it up? shut it down, put it on, shut it down. Is that what that means?
6: I guess so. It says yeah. there should never be a switch mode power supply at the head end. But
3: let me just explain smart meters to people. Uh, the, it, this is something that the Greens want, and the utilities have been quietly slipping into our, um, me, our electric meters 30. throughout the country. What?
6: It causes transient dirty electricity, which causes cancer. Only the traditional electromechanical analog meters with no digital components of any kind are a true opt-out, a safe My and normal analog meter.
3: My real concern about it, though, is the surveillance potential. Uh, with a smart meter, The idea is in a smart meter, it'll tell you how much power you use, at what time of day, in what room of your house. So if I want to attack you, uh and 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 come in and break up your home, uh, it'll tell me what room you're gonna be in, when you're gonna be there and how long you're gonna be there. And wouldn't that be wonderful information for a burglar or a home invader to have? So and and what is about the Constitution that says or Democrat. What about the con yeah <laughs> what about the Constitution that says you have the right to privacy in your own home. But this tells the invader or the government, exactly where you were, when you were, and how long you were there. Close that right out. It also is is important for people who have businesses at home. Some people are using it to grow marijuana, but all kinds of home businesses might not be zoned, they might not be approved by the government. And this gives the, this gives the electric company uh, the power to say, you're doing this at home, and we need to stop it. And that just is overreaching, overstepping. The bounds of what a power company should do. So I agree with you, Elaine. I'm not as up as you are on the health issues. Yeah, that was great I about think It's them. important. Let's go to Gordon in Brooklyn.
12: Uh, uh, yes, Dick, good morning. Uh, first good morning. of all, your in- political insights are invaluable. Uh, Thank you. Se- uh, second of all, uh, when I heard the news of what happened in Israel yesterday, my mind flashed to two things. First of all, I said, thank goodness that we have the Second Amendment in the United States. And the second thing I thought of was I'm surprised that Israel didn't do more to see that the people living on the border of Gaza were able to own firearms so that they could uh, possibly deal with an invasion like this.
3: That's a very interesting point that hadn't occurred to me. Uh particularly the uh the second amendment angle. Uh that's very important. Uh, you know What is Israel's
4: uh stance on on that? I don't Bearing I don't arms know. Or? I don't know. Uh-huh.
3: But uh I I need to find out. Uh-huh. But the I remember very vividly what uh Condi Rice said when she said that she supported the second amendment and she said the reason was that she and her family were growing up in Birmingham, Alabama, when the Ku Klux Klan were attacking people in, at, at night uh, and terrorizing them. And she said her father went out and bought guns, a shotgun, and he sat with the shotgun on his lap oh, yeah. to keep everybody away. And that made a case for the Second Amendment that I thought was very, very compelling, and I still find it compelling today. Um Go to uh, Stewart in Queens. How are you, Stewart? Hey, Stu.
7: Yes, uh, yes. Hey, Dick. So uh, I have relatives, many, many cousins in Israel. So that's very important to me. There, God I want to clarify you. something. You said uh, a few minutes ago. You said DeSantis wants to reduce aid to Israel. That's a lie. That is Vivek Ramaswamy. DeSantis
3: wants... To be I'm sorry, right. you are right. You are absolutely right. I apologize. So you, no, so you I, lie. I apologize. I apologize. I know you're a
7: shill for Donald Trump, but please no, do not lie about Ron DeSantis giving well, well, aid to Israel.
3: He Gordon, this is was a mistake, DeSantis. not a lie. Um, and uh, I made a, simple, made a mistake on that. Excuse me. It is for Vivek Ramaswamy who says that, and and DeSantis does not say that. Forgive me. Um, Let's go to Robert in Suffolk. Robert. Robert?
10: Yeah. Hi, Dick. I called weeks ago about the, the Trump's documents case defense that the raid was illegal and that he was not provided a secure facility to store his documents like every other president before him. So that entrapped him. Mm-hmm. Trump
3: did mm-hmm. the
10: best he could by saving, storing mm-hmm. them at Mar-a-Lago, mm-hmm. where it was a secure. For, as reasonably Look, the whole the whole cars, thing is absolute.
3: The whole thing is absolute garbage. Uh, the only important question is: Did Donald Trump share and betray American national security by sharing this information with people he shouldn't
4: have? No way.
3: America by doing that. If they didn't, we're fighting over an overdue library book. Mm. Uh, did Trump hang on to the documents when he shouldn't have? Uh, did he, in gossiping with people, mention stuff that might have come close to what the documents might or might not have said? Uh, none of that. None of that is important. It's completely blown out of all proportion, and the Democrats, Biden and all, are as guilty of that as Trump is. And it should not be grounds for conviction and should not have been uh, brought.
4: And Mar-a-Lago, believe me when I tell you, is more secure than anything I've ever seen in my life. And I've been around there for a long time.
3: Yeah, they let Doug in, for example. Yeah, imagine that. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks a lot, Dick. I appreciate that. (laughs) What an oversight. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
4: uh, Arthur Avenue guy, you know, Hell's (laughs) (laughs)
3: a
4: Who's this guy? Get him out of here.
3: So when we come back, we're going to talk about Hillary's saying that we all need to be deprogrammed. Oh, my God. We've all been brainwashed for MAGA, and we need to be deprogrammed. This is saying we're reprehensibles, deplorables, one step further. Oh, God. We'll talk to you in a minute.
1: Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group on 77 WABC.
2: Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you.
3: A few months ago, uh, the California legislature passed a law saying that protecting the anonymity of children in California schools who with the assistance of their teachers and their guidance counselors, chose to have gender change, surgery and treatments. And the law said that the teachers and the school administrators are not required to tell the parents that the child is doing that. Wait, stop
4: right there, just stop. How could they possibly do that? Well, they- Not tell the parents. Yeah,
3: well, they believe in gender change. They believe that people that want to change their gender and are stopped by the government. Are being coerced by the government and that the state should side with them and uh it's it's part of the whole left-wing gay agenda which is to delegitimize the nuclear family heather has two mommies who needs a daddy how could that uh, be though? daddies how? have no role tell me what i can and, do to my children and the and the point is that they are uh th- that they are proceeding with this agenda now, the current state of affairs on that is that when a child indicates that he wants to change his gender, the school has to help him, has to do what it needs to do. And if he says he doesn't want his parents to know, he doesn't want mom and dad to find out, they have to protect his anonymity. I don't get it. I and don't. these are even kids that are 12 and 13 and 14 years old. We're not talking about near adults here. Right. We're talking Babies. about children. Oh, my And uh, the so the idea is that you put you put Johnny on the school you put Jack on the school bus, and And he gets off the bus and it's Jill, (laughs) and 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 something happened and you don't know about it, almost like dyeing your hair. And the uh, the left agenda is pushing this idea, and uh, it creates. First of all, it means that there's no more nuclear family. Heather has two mommies. And the impact of, of young of boys growing up without a male role model is something they just don't worry about. And the fact that you're going to have thousands and potentially millions of children who have changed their gender, their parents didn't consent, didn't know about it, and you will have driven a rift in the family of this magnitude, uh, simply for the sake of an ideology
4: you know I I said this uh, a while back and I really I never liked Bill Maher but he said you know when I was eight years old I wanted to be a pirate thank God they didn't cut my leg off and poke my eye out you know what I mean right
3: well the the idea that you can have this gender change without Consulting parents is is horrific, horrible, and it smacks of the democratic disregard for parents' rights and the rights of the family. And this is particularly true of black people, of 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 the attitudes of the government toward black people. Remember that the African American community uh, always opposed abortion in Maine because it was largely aimed at black children. And the, uh, and the whole idea that you would decrease the number of African-Americans by abortion. And now you're seeing something where they're trying to strip men of the role in their families and to do it without their knowledge, without their consent. And it's a level of usurpation of power by the left and by the school over the parents that is horrible.
4: In this day and age, they're yeah. doing that. It's and amazing.
3: Certain songs need to be changed, like "My Girl." That wouldn't have been as good a song if it, but were "My Boy." <laughs> uh, so this is the Dick Morris Show with Doug Depiro and sponsored by the Patriot Gold Group. Uh, Let's go back for a minute to the issue of Israel and listen to what Alan Yonkers has to say. Hey, Al. Yeah, hi, hi I'm Al.
5: Dick and Doug. Can you hear me?
3: Yes.
11: Yes.
5: Okay, great. Yeah, I just wanted to say, you know, uh, the last escalation they had in uh, w- Israel with the uh, the terrorist groups, the last one was in 2006, as you know, with Hezbollah. And... Uh, Prime Minister at the time was Ulmer, Prime Minister Ulmer. He uh, succeeded Sharon when Sharon died due to complications of a stroke. Uh, The thing I wanted to ask if you agree, that at some point uh, Likud seems to always have more of a problem dealing with the Palestinians' leadership than labor like Rabin. Uh, Do you think in the future they'll be able to work out some kind of uh, two-state solution where uh, all parties involved? have at least some kind of peace
3: well i used to work for netanyahu and i met with him at the carlisle hotel in manhattan and we talked about the two the two-state solution and he said you can't have one hand clapping we want a solution to this but they don't they want the only solution they'll accept is the extermination of israel and everything else is a palliative on the way to that, or a step on the way to that. And then I've heard conservative Republicans say it better when they say if the Arabs and the Israelis both laid down their arms, there would be no war and there would be no more Israel. Uh, If only Israel laid down its arms, there would be, you would just be giving it over to the Arabs. And the idea is that only one party wants peace. The other party wants war and considers and considers war its holy obligation to do that. So the two-state solution would work easily if you had a will to have it work, but they don't. Let's go to Greg in New Jersey. Hi, Greg.
5: Hey, Greg. Hi, Mr. Morris. I, you know, I just
7: wanted to ask, like, what does a – a 67-year-old white American male do. I mean, we're being assaulted on every single front. No, you know, I, I love you guys. I love listening to the station. But I can't take it anymore. Like, what do we do? I, you know, this we is a thing to
11: complain about.
3: We, right. vote, vote, for we Trump. vote for Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donald Trump will restore America to what we want it to be. And it is amazing how he's doing politically. He's getting over 50% of the vote in a general election against Biden. Trump never won the popular vote in any of the polling. Uh, He always lost the popular vote, but had a shot at winning the electoral college. And whether that was derailed by fraud or by the votes is something that's not clear. But the point is that now he's unabashedly, unassumedly, clearly at 50% or over. And half of the polling that's published says that it's a dead heat, and half of them say Trump is winning. But there are very few them who still say Biden is winning. And Trump has obviously completely vanquished his opponents in the Republican primary to a point where they're probably not going to have any more debates because it's a foregone Mm -hmm. conclusion that Trump is going to be the candidate. And that is our hope, my friend. Uh, That is the thing you can believe in because Trump is going to change all of that.
4: It's impossible not to see... What he's done in the past and what this guy is doing, so I can't see how anybody is not looking for something like him to for him to become the president again.
3: Well, I just can't. A say. lot of the Democrat motivation is simply because they need a job, and they get paid. Mean, well, they get paid for being Democrats. Uh, they, they do. <laughs> I don't know. Explain, Lucy. explain. They get social benefits. Oh yeah. yeah they yeah. get free cell phones. <laughs> they get jobs. They get included in affirmative action. Got it. They can't afford not to be Democrat. Oh, I see. Yep. And it's a. Then it's, you got the climate change
4: people on the other side.
3: It's a. It's an occupation being a Democrat. Mm, mm. For Republicans, it's a matter of ideology and thinking. For the Democrats, it's a, what they do professionally. They're professional Democrats, and they can't countenance the idea of Trump as president because they'd lose their jobs, they'd lose right. their contracts, wow. they'd lose their benefits, it. they'd lose their welfare, they'd lose their tax credits, they'd lose all of that stuff that really helps them on an hour-to-hour, day-to-day that's basis why survive. That's why you Dick Morris. And that's Morris. why they won't. Wow. Republicans are amateurs. They don't get paid for being Republicans. Democrats are, for the most part, professionals and they get paid for being Democrats. Huh.
4: Amateurs, like they're, they're still practicing. Yep. Throwing the ball at the, yep. at the, at the net. And,
3: wow. One of the uh, great actions of of harassment and oppression going on in the country today is not just Donald Trump. It's about his supporters, who up and down are being vilified and censored and indicted and uh, sure. disqualified and all kinds of bad stuff. Fascism. And nowhere is that more apparent than Michael Lindell and his pillows. And we'll talk about that when we come back.
1: This is The Dick Morris Show on 77 WABC. Resort
8: living can be yours with 361 days of sunshine when you live at the residences at 400 Central in St. Petersburg, Florida. Now under construction, call 727-205-8517. That's 727-205-8517. The residences at 400 Central in St. Petersburg, Florida. Go to 400central.com. That's the number 400 Central. Listen to this podcast now on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Dominic
1: Carter, City Hall.
7: The Southern District of New York is no joke. When they come with indictment, they come correct, and they come hard. One of the jurors from that first trial that was held at the federal courthouse in Newark, New Jersey, also sat down with me. Her name, Evelyn Arroyo Maltzby. She was juror number eight. She sat through the indictment entire trial and was dismissed at the end due to prior vacation
10: plans
12: so all of you voted for a conviction on count number 18 yes then when i got home and i started thinking about it and then i started praying on it so i felt god talking to me saying evelyn if you had doubt if you had doubt you weren't supposed to say he was guilty
1: Download all of Red Apple Media's podcasts right now through your favorite podcast platform. Coming up at five a.m. on the seventy-seven WABC News Hour with Noam Layden.
8: As the budget cuts come, so many asking why we continue to pick up the tab for the migrants. You
2: cannot track them. You don't know their name, but you want to spare
10: them all over the city. It's unsafe, and it's just not right.
1: That story and more Monday at five. The seventy-seven WABC News Hour weekday mornings at five. Before sitting friends in the morning, seventy-seven WABC. This is the Dick Morris show presented by the Patriot Gold Group on 77 WABC. Here's
9: on my pillow. Pain in my
2: heart, by.
3: You. You Tears on my pillow. You know, if we could <laughs> this song
4: is almost as funny as when I we were at the rally in the VIP section and they had the seats and Mike Lindell, and you said, where's your yes. pillow on your heart right. seat? <laughs> That's <right.
3: That> was- <laughs> well, tears on my pillow. And the tears are coming now from uh, Mike Lindell. Oh, this poor guy. And uh, he is absolutely being persecuted, prosecuted, persecuted, oh. bankrupted with legal fees, ground down by the left because he dared to stand up and say the election of 2020 was not legit. And he dared to say that we need to investigate it fully. And he dared to ask for monitors to be appointed to investigate the vote count. Don't do that. And the Democrats have retaliated against him in, by what they call lawfare, uh, using the law as a tool of warfare, calling it lawfare. Lawfare. And the idea is that you can sue somebody on, with no grounds, with fabricated uh, grounds, and that bankrupts them. That drives them crazy. Is
4: that because he's a public figure?
3: No, that's defamation law. This is just simply as a defendant. uh, You can do this with anyone. You can sue them on trumped-up grounds, and you can force them to hire a lawyer to defend themselves. And uh, when uh, when you're being attacked by these groups and you want a lawyer to defend you, first it's very hard to find one because many of the lawyers are afraid to align themselves with conservatives, even if they get paid fees. And secondly, the fees that they want and the costs involved really start at a hundred thousand dollars, and the average fee is probably about a quarter of a million. Wow! So nobody could afford that. So you so you start off having this huge loss in your business and in your income, and it generates no revenue. Now there is a law that says that you can't bring a frivolous lawsuit, and that if you do, the judge can impose sanctions on you. But that has a very high standard. Uh, Loser
4: pays? They don't have that, though, right?
3: No, it's not loser pays. That's English. Yeah, it would be a good idea. Uh, But in the U.S., we don't have that. You pay. And so that somebody comes along with a claim that is not totally ridiculous, not totally absurd, that Lindell hurt their business. He's being sued right now by Dominion Voting Systems and Smartmatic the two voting systems that are being blamed for the bad voting machines. Mm -hmm. Now, quite apart from the merits of that case, they are bankrupting him with legal fees that he has to pay to defend himself in these cases. And all of the profits from his pillows that he had dedicated to trying to defend what he saw as the Bill of Rights are now being squandered, being taken away as he's working to uh, to get out from under this lawsuit right and uh it is just horrible that that's going on and 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 to see have a public-spirited citizen like mike lindell who had no ulterior motive in doing this uh is just just outrageous and awful and uh i think that the, that really is is something that's terrible and i don't know we should all go out and buy extra pillows
4: uh, yeah i have a question for you dick I'm not that you're going to know the answer to this, but let's say, what do they call Dominion and who's the other one? Smart Matter. Smart Matter Let's say it's proved that it's proven that they did do something tort or whatever. Would they be in any way have to reimburse some of these people that they might. destroyed?
3: They might, but the standard is so high. What do you mean? Well, it's not just a question of I think that they're wrong yeah. or I think that they're right. I think that there was no reasonable grounds for someone to take the position they took. Right. And, and that's a very high standard, and as a practical matter, you can't do it. And particularly if you're being drenched and bled for legal fees, you can't do that. Um, so uh, Mike Lindell has been absolutely vilified and victimized here, which is, which is terrible for the American system. Let's go to Andrew and, and uh, Andrew and Stanhope. Hi, Andrew. I was work, working with the Fox affiliate in East northeast Pennsylvania.
13: And over a year ago, that was in the um, natural gas and fracking. That was a big issue. And all the Democrats pivoted and said that they supported it, even though they previously <laughs> didn't support it. And Fetterman, right. who said he supported it, who once said it was a scar on Pennsylvania. Like a blight, you know, on the the history of Pennsylvania, so they didn't produce and they didn't produce school choice. They they said, "Oh, I support." And uh, Shapiro, the governor, now he's going against that. So they they pivoted, and even President Obama promoted natural gas. He said exactly what you were saying: that it'll be a good transitional fuel for the next um, ten to fifteen years until yes. others, you know, develop. So you yes. he he. The, to the left of Obama, even. Right. But that's just what I want to say about natural gas. Thank you.
3: Yeah. And you. And you're right about that, I think. Uh, let's go to Lamar from New York City. Lamar.
12: Uh, good, good afternoon, Mr. Morris. I would just like Hi. to preface my statement with the uh, declaration that far I loathe to uh, 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 contradict anything you would say, because you are clearly one of the most brilliant political <laughs> minds in this country. Got it. And with any and in any other right-thinking place, you would have been declared a national treasure a long time <laughs> ago. I yeah. felt compelled to call this afternoon only because uh, you mentioned that there are certain demographics who are uh, certain, uh, certain demographics who are professional Democrats because they are the beneficiaries of our social network programs, and that is undeniably true. But I would like to point out that in that demographic. Uh, Donald John Trump has inspired a respect and admiration among young African American men that is without president in the history of our country. No other Republican political figure has inspired that demographic to the extent that Donald John Trump has done, and it was specifically because when he was in the Oval Office through executive action, he started what was known as the second chance program that released from onerous prison terms thousands, tens of thousands of young African-American men who had been incarcerated by laws, passed and inspired by none other than uh, Mr. Joseph Biden and his uh, co Cohorts, including Hillary Clinton, both of these people who have referred to young African-American men as predators. So I would just like to point out to everyone within the sound of my voice that there is something quite remarkable going on in this country. Young African-American men are looking upon Donald John Trump not only as their chief advocate, but their champion. And yes. he will be restored to the Oval Office.
3: Excellent. Lamar, you're Excellent, fabulous. Lamar. Boy, I wish we'd been taping you and yeah use that. Uh, The fact is that in 2020, Trump got uh, 14 percent, I'm sorry, Trump got 12 percent of the black vote. And in most polling now, he's getting 25 percent. And among black men, he's gone from about 15 percent to about 30 percent. And these are huge changes. And while they're statistical, they they're increasingly evident in real voters coming to real conclusions i think that the african american men in this country are basically feeling ignored by the democratic establishment biden wants to appoint a black man a black woman, woman, yeah, woman to right. the supreme court uh-huh. he wants to appoint a black woman uh, to each of these jobs and the and and are completely bypassing the issue of black men and that's because i believe that the left basically regards the nuclear family as something that they oppose they want to go back to they want to go to a family where as they say heather has two mommies and if you do what do you need a black man for and i think that the gender change issue and other issues like this are indicative of that of that mindset And I think that blacks are understanding that. I also think there's something else, Lamar, that's going on. I'd love your thoughts on that. That blacks are saying, look, now you're getting a taste of what has happened to me my entire life, Mr. Trump. And finally, you're coming to understand what it's like to have the whole system against you and come down on you like a ton of bricks. And therefore, you are an honorary black man, in my view. What do you think of that, Lamar?
12: Well, all I can say is this, Mr. Morris, it is Sunday, the holy day of obligation. I don't want to get too ecclesiastic about it, but in the Bible... In the book upon which this country was founded and built, the declaration is made because you love your enemies and hate your own people. A great destruction shall overtake you, and that without warning this This tyranny in washington d c is bending over backwards together with democratic uh state and municipal governments to provide accommodations, three-star, four-star to hotels for invaders of our country when Americans, black and white, in need of help are being ignored. There is a yep. comeuppance coming in this country, and it's not far from happening. And there is a God in heaven, and Hashem will give victory, not only to Donald John Trump, but to the people of Israel. Thank you. Yep. Bless Lamar,
4: you. Lamar, Bless uh, you. with the guy, uh, the caller guy, leave your number.
3: With uh, our caller guy, right? Yeah, good. Uh, let's go to Peter in New Jersey. Hi, Peter.
7: Hello, Dick. Hello, Dick. How you doing? I can't follow him all. He's fantastic. Oh, he, he was, was great, wasn't, wasn't he? He, isn't it? he certainly was. Uh, he's right. There is an upcoming that's coming. And, uh, you know, some Democrats victimized not only the Jewish communities, the black communities, and, and the women itself. And I don't understand it. There's got to be a 2080 where the majority that are 20 are in the elite state with the Democrats, and therefore pretty much influence blacks to vote Democrat. That's yeah. the, that's, the, that's the only way I can see it.
3: Yeah, I think that I think blacks. that's a very good point uh, that the the social acceptance factor if you're black is that you have to vote Democrat Joe Biden said yeah,
4: you ain't black unless you vote
3: yeah for you me. ain't black if you vote for a Republican and I think that's true Idiot. but I think that your larger point about Jews voting Democrat despite what's going on with Israel despite the peril to Israel the liberal Jewish vote the largely from reform Judaism are not pro-Israel Uh, They see Israel as as a colonial power uh, akin to Britain or France, and they do not feel that they they owe Israel a duty of, of support. And they don't distinguish between a democracy and theocracy. They don't distinguish between the democratic process and terrorism, and they're willing to go over those lines to oppose Israel. And I think it's horrible. I think it's really a form of of, uh, Jewish anti Semitism, self hatred, loathing your own group. And uh, I I just find it very hard to understand and not acceptable. Let's go to Andrew in Stanhope. Hi, Andrew. Hey, Andrew. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Pardon me. Uh, Patrick in Indiana about Newt Gingrich.
10: Hello. I have several points. The first one uh, is that uh, on the Sean Hannity show, Newt Gingrich was pretty, pretty substantially sure that he wasn't going to get involved in the yeah. speaker race. Uh, point well, two
3: that's is limit. that uh, – that, That's what they all say. And uh, I think that Gingrich would only get involved if all the factions came to him hat in hand and said, we need you to unify us and we need you to lead us. And in politics, that's something that doesn't happen until it happens. And uh, Gingrich, I think, is waiting for that to take place. What was your other point, Patrick?
10: The other point is that uh, Kevin McCarthy wasn't going to uh, enforce the Constitution. Article 3, Section 3, Clause 1, which says, um, uh, giving aid and comfort to the enemy is treason. And that's the first two things that by Obama did, or o Biden did when he got in office, mm-hmm. yeah. and um, I think the one that should be elected Speaker of the House is um, uh, Jim Jordan, yep. because if he isn't uh, uh, Steve, Sc- Steve Scalise is just a different name for for um uh, McCarthy yeah. and um, well,
3: I don't know about that about Steve, but I do agree with you about Jim Jordan. I think that that's, yeah, that's very active. Yeah, Jim Jordan,
10: the, he's got to explain to him that uh, the Republicans all should vote for him because the first thing you should do is impeach Biden and Kamala Harris. And if you don't do that, you could get something through with the, in the Democrat House and the Senate might let it slide through, but Obama's going to veto it. So, unless you use the Constitution, which nobody wants to talk about, yeah. um, this country is going, okay. going, gone. Yeah. gone, gone, gone.
3: <laughs> Thanks for your call. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you, Pratt. So, when we come back, we're going to talk about the modern day Etzel. Remember the Etzel? Sure. Uh, Ford. Ford. That was, what was a the Sun's background name? on T-shirt? He named it Henry Ford named it after his son. His
4: son Etzel.
3: Who it, names his son Etzel, first of all? <laughs> and this was gonna be the this was gonna be a, a car that would change the automobile industry. And it fell absolutely flat. They took it out of the off the market after a few months. But you know why? Months. Let me tell you. It
4: actually was a great car. It had all power, everything, and yeah. did all kinds of things. Anyway,
3: so we'll talk about that when we come back. All
4: right,
6: goodbye. I gladly take you back. Behind the on my pillow.
1: This is The Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group on 77 WABC. Clowns
2: to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle
3: with you. So the lyrics to that song are Clowns to the Left of Me. And Joker's to the right, but in this case, we're dealing with the left of me. This is the Dick Morris Show with Doug DePiro, sponsored by the Patriot Gold Group. And um, Anthony Weiner, the former congressman who is a, a, a host on the WABC radio network, I invited him to call in and tell us why Donald Trump is responsible for the invasion of Israel this week. And he had the courage and the guts to say yes, and he's on. Hello, Anthony. Hi, Anthony. Thank you for calling.
11: Hey Dick. Hey Dick Morris. Thank you for having me on.
3: Good. So tell me, why is why Trump is responsible for this invasion?
5: Well,
11: I, I don't say Trump is, is responsible. That what you said. said, no, no. I I said that any president that does not come down hard on the Saudis, tell them what they are, which are terrorist supporting country, is a president that has not done the fullness of their job. And in, in, in Donald Trump's case. Not only does he not come down on the Saudis, he even invites them to have golf tournaments at his club. On September 11th, he does nothing to extract from the Saudis help in getting to the bottom of September 11th. The Saudis attacked our country, and they export terrorism around the world. Anyone yep. who doesn't crack down on them is not doing their job.
3: Well, I agree with you about the Saudis. Uh, I would note that the Saudis are not invading Israel, and that they the are not Saudis. Not doing that. But I would agree with you that Saudi Arabia aids the Hamas and aids the terrorists, not nearly as much as Joe Biden does, not nearly as much as the $6 trillion they just got unfrozen in assets in the U.S. And uh, I think that the the, uh, financial resources for this invasion by Hamas come largely from the Biden administration. Well, I that's think
11: that, first, uh, well Dick, Dick, let me just say, before we move off that point, let's remember Iran is Shia. And, you know, the Hamas is a Sunni organization. And and Hezbollah in the north, which is controlled by Iran, has so far not attacked Israel. The Saudis export terrorism and fund terrorism wherever they go. And, and Jared Kushner just took $2 billion of blood money from them.
3: Yeah, uh, I, I agree with you that they're bad people. I do believe that ultimately the Abraham Accords that Kushner helped negotiate uh, are really constructive because they cut off a huge source of money to Hamas and to uh, the Palestinian Authority and uh, and bring that under international control.
11: Dick, it was April of this year, April of this year that Hamas went hat in hand to the Saudis and the Saudis agreed to be more supportive of them. And then the Live Golf Tournament, the Saudi whitewashing tournament, comes to Donald Trump's uh, Donald Trump's club and Donald Trump bends over and 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 does nothing to say on the eve of September eleventh, it was unconscionable. If I you
3: refuse can- I refuse to believe that a golf tournament uh, offsets what Trump has done in support of Israel and against Hamas and those the and the terrorists. Uh, Donald Trump, Trump push, let me ask you some dick, dick Trump can push I ask legislation, you legislation let me get, finish. Trump pushed legislation that prevented us from subsidizing terrorist attacks and paying people for body counts of the terrorists they killed. His efforts too. Well, what about, to,
11: well, well, what, what about the fifteen hundred um, terrorists, the Taliban terrorists, that Donald Trump let
5: out?
3: The Trump, under Trump, there was no attacks by the Taliban for a year and a half. Uh, He managed to pacify that front, and it is true. And he pacified them
11: by releasing terrorists.
3: Yeah. Okay, um, Anthony, let's let's let this election be about who's tougher on terror, Donald Trump or Joe Biden. Mm. Uh, Let's make it about who takes terrorism more seriously, Uh, the president who permits uh, the Palestinian Authority to operate in violation of U.S. congressional restrictions, That prohibit him from paying people who kill Israelis and putting a bounty on the heads of Israelis, or the president who wanted to enforce that and and stop that from going on. Uh, I think that the
11: Palestinian Palestinian Authority isn't even in control; hasn't been in control for four years. Look, Donald Trump did some good things. He moved the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. I said on the air, I said publicly, he that's a good thing. But the bottom line is Donald Trump is motivated by one thing, and that is money. And for him to continue uh, being soft on terror because it's the Saudis, I defy you. I defy you. It was Joe Biden that said, let's release all the documents about the Saudi involvement in September 11th. It was Donald Trump that stopped it for four years.
3: Um, Look, regardless of what faction you're in, I think everybody would agree that Trump has been far more effective in dealing with terror Far less tolerant of the terror activities, far more strong felt, far stronger in his support of Israel than Biden has been. And you might be able to point point up specific cases where Trump did things that he shouldn't have done. But to equate what Biden is doing in, in, in funding Iran and funding the terrorist groups that are attacking Israel. To equate that with permitting the Saudis to host a golf tournament at Mar-a-Lago is absolutely ridiculous. I don't care what your golf score is. I don't care whether you're a good putter or not. Uh, the point is that one is athletic and the other is absolutely fundamentally financial. Uh, and uh, you speak of blood money. There's no greater blood money than the $6 billion subsidy that, Trump, uh, that, Biden. that Biden gave uh, the terrorist groups. Thanks for calling, though, Anthony. You got you, I,
11: I, I appreciate it, Dick. Thanks for having me on. Maybe the next time we can talk about which president sits down with anti-Semites more.
3: <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, you might know. <laughs> okay. Thank All you, right. Anthony. Thank you, Anthony. Um, so let's go back to the issue of electric cars. Uh, the Democratic Party is pretending that the labor management dispute between the UAW and the auto companies is a typical dispute about wages and hours and that stuff. In fact, it's not. In fact, it's an existential question as to whether we're going to have gasoline-powered cars in America or not. And are we going to put an entire industry out of business and force layoffs of hundreds of thousands of workers and force layoffs all the way down the chain in order to vindicate an agenda by the extreme left uh, that has to replace all gasoline-powered engines, forget the vehicle efficiency, forget the mileage you you get, uh, and forget the fact that the electric vehicles are not reliable. They're not, in many cases, safe. They certainly are not economical, and uh, and they are they're a political contrivance uh, to try to satisfy the extreme left.
4: Absolutely.
3: I guarantee you that 10 years from now, there won't be a single electric no car way. on the road. They're going to run I'm on water soon. People will have had it and they will have decided that this is just not something they need to be But you know, it's do. beating down
4: all the companies that are building them right now to you know get on board. So all these companies are building and these And they're things. propping
3: it up with subsidies. Yeah. But eventually, people are going to realize what a terrible idea this is. Terrible. That, that it's, and, and it's terrible in two respects. First of all, the cars aren't any good. Right. But secondly, where do you think the electricity comes from? Right. It comes from fossil fuels. Right. Uh, we get less than 15% of our total energy from renewable sources and most of that is hydroelectric and nuclear right that predate the environmental movement
4: you know i saw a video yesterday the other day where a guy was charging his car with a generator run on gasoline yeah right. he was charging right. i mean
3: we just do not have the technology or the capacity no. uh, to have solar panels and uh, and windmills it'll power, happen
4: but not now
3: and and for us to try to jump that right. for political purposes to, to ban uh, the leading source of uh, cars in the United States is, is just uh, just outrageous. And people can increasingly see that they're being forced to make choices that make no sense for them in something very important to their lives. Let's go to Joseph in Connecticut.
7: Hey, Joe. Uh, hello, Mr. Morris. Uh, yes, I like to mention about the uh, illegals coming in. I was a legal immigrant, naturalized in uh, 1960. I came over in the 50s with my parents. I lived in the Bronx for 40 years. Lived uh, mixed neighborhood, ethnic, mixed, uh, racially mixed. Uh, I think the Democrats this is my uh, sort of assessment. They want to bring in the illegals to dilute. They're really, they're really the racists. They're really the ethnicists. Uh, And in bringing in all these illegals from all over the world, 150 countries, they want to dilute the traditional minority uh, groups that are here and should be here and have been here a long time, or longer than I have been here. And I think that's what they're doing. They're either uh, afraid of them or total racist, which they were. There is a history of racism with the Democratic Party.
3: You know that. I agree with you about that, but I think that it's worth understanding that the people who are being victimized by this massive immigration are yesterday's immigrants. Yes, the people who came in yesterday, legally or illegally, mm-hmm. they're the ones that are going to compete with these folks for jobs. They're the ones that are going to compete with these folks for government contracts. And they're the ones whose votes are going to be overshadowed by the votes of these new arrivals. And you you literally have Democrats' past and Democrats' future. And the Democrats' future are trying to extinguish the rights of the Democrats' past who came into the United States legally like you. And uh, I think that's very clear. Look, there is one reason that the Democrats are tolerating open borders, and that's votes. And they have managed to create the sense that even though the Republicans support legal immigration, they're opposed to all immigration. But ask anyone who's been here for five minutes, and the first thing they understand is that the Republicans welcome them and support them and want to promote them.